Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady and Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle Trust. I'm Neil McCrady here in the Clark Ford Studios. Martin Palomo is... Uh, with our guest today and they are at the what was the name of the studio it there is, dude i'm glad you said i was totally failed and not said that and stacy would I know. have been upset man thanks for I saving I'm, my I'm butt i'm saving your job you, on a weekly basis <laughs> you are man uh we are hey, in, not all heroes wear capes martin no sometimes they wear baseball caps yeah uh we are in the pelican club studio which which came from a piece of art that stacy did uh, a while ago so man yeah we are we're we're dude we're big time now our studio has a name the pelican That's, club studio i can't even imagine how fancy that is which which is a perfect time for us to tell you uh today on the show went mcgee the producing branch manager of bank of england mortgage we want to cross the pond today on the show we'll get to that in just a minute it's going to be uh we're going to talk mortgages interest rates a lot of stuff that uh we all think about probably whether to whether now's the time to buy, whether it's time to refinance, how much longer will interest rates stay where they are, a lot of those kind of topics, I will play the role that I play most best best in life, and that is the role of village idiot. And so uh, we'll let Mortgage, we'll let uh, Went and, uh, and Martin play the role of smart people who know what they're talking about, and I'll just pretend, and uh, we'll go from there. So we'll get to all that in a minute. First, I want to tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He will send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service. You'll love everything about Clark Ford. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy, and he'll prove that to you when he when you make the call. 662-257-1900. And, Martin, before we get started with Went and uh, head across the pond, let's, uh, let's talk about Pinnacle Trust and how people can get in touch with you. Awesome, man. Well, while you were telling us about Clark Ford, I was getting my Sperry's on uh, to get ready to hop on the boat to make our journey uh, across that pond. So Yeah. I'll get uh I'll get the margaritas mixed and we'll have uh some some cervezas on board. That's that's your all your sailing equipment, right? Is is uh is cocktails? Is that correct? Yeah, it's all you need. Yeah, I mean, cause I'm I, I'm gonna let someone else do all the work. Anyway, um, so yeah, we are for our listeners that have been listening in for a while, they they already know our story. But you know, for folks that are listening for the very first time, um. Pinnacle was started uh, almost 25 years ago by Stacy Wall. Um, with he had a vision to to do business a little different than than it had been um, previously done. Uh, most of the time in the in the 90s and before, if you did business with a quote unquote broker or a stock broker, uh, you were paying for a transaction. So that you called that broker or he called you, he offered a stock, 
um, and you said yes or no. And if you said yes, he bought that stock for you and he earned a commission. I say he, he or she earned that commission uh, based on that transaction. So that is what they were paid for. They were not paid for advice. They didn't really give advice. Some did, you know, give a little bit on the side. Um, but so if your hot stock tip that your broker just gave you went to uh, zero, uh, he made his money and you lost all yours and it was a win for him. Uh, Stacy decided he wanted to do things a little different. He wanted to put uh, our clients and us on the same side of the table. So we're in the same boat. So it is very selfishly, it is in our best interest to protect and grow our client's savings because our income is attached to that. So if our client's accounts grow, our income grows. If our client's accounts uh, shrink, then our income shrinks. So uh, it also kind of takes us out of the, uh, the riskier side of the business too because if we take a ton of risk in our client portfolios and we blow a portfolio up, that blows our income up. Um, so very selfishly, it's in our best interest and in our client's best interest to protect and grow their savings. Um, so that's just the investment side of the business. The planning side is actually uh, the most important, the most valuable piece of, of what we do. And, you know, and I tell folks uh, all the time, you know, investments are a part of planning. So, uh, you know, what we want to do when we talk to clients is not focus on, you know, what did the returns for the investments look like this year? We want to focus on, are we closer to the goal of retiring, buying that second house, getting the kids through college, buying the sailboat so that we can come to America from England. You know, all of, all of those things that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that people might have as goals, and they're all different. So, you know, if you've been doing it on your own and your stomach's in knots or you've been doing it on your own and you have no idea whether you're on track or not, uh, give us a call, 601-957-0323. You can email us at info at PINNtrust.com. Uh, we're also really active on social media. Uh, you can find us at Pinnacle Trust on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, and you can also find us uh, through the Mind on My Money page on Facebook or Instagram, and we'll respond quickly. So if you want to do the old-fashioned telephone, 601-957-0323 or info at PINNtrust.com. And uh, if you're a pilgrim and you're coming over to the U.S. <laughs> from yep. England, uh, it is 101 Port Street, Suite 200. Madison, Mississippi. I have no idea how you're going to get from England into the mm -hmm. reservoir though, but we do have a Harbor right next to our office. So if you want to come by boat, it's possible. It's going to be difficult, but it's possible. So Went McGee joins us first went uh, <laughs> a producing branch manager of the bank of England. Uh, so first of all, Hey, sorry about that revolutionary war, man. Yeah, I mean, we hate that. And I hope, you know, hope you guys get over Cheers, that. Mate. And uh, secondly, uh, really Really worried about you guys over there with the second wave and everything. Boris shutting you down and all of that. It, it's <laughs> tragic glad you time. made it here. Really glad that we could have you with all of that going on uh, right now. Yes. And, uh, so join us. Uh, I barely made it in today, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, nah, just kidding. I'm just a good old redneck from uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi. We're, um, a we're a couple rednecks in here. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, uh, glad to be with you guys. Good morning morning sir good morning so uh i guess tell us a little bit about yourself first of all before we get into actually talking about mortgages and a little bit on your background and that kind of thing absolutely would love to uh, uh born and raised ridgeland mississippi um uh, been here my whole life um uh, alumni of 
Madison Ridgeland Academy and Mississippi College and been in the mortgage business now for 18 years and uh, really take pride in taking care of people, getting in their homes, uh, making sure that they have all the knowledge they need to be prepared to get a first time home. And, uh, you know, and then those people that are, as they retire, wanting condos in Florida and, and, uh, buying second homes in Colorado, different things like that. We're there to help them grow, um, from a first time home buyer all the way to their third, fourth house down the road. And, um, that's kind of where I've come along, uh, ways as I've learned the business and, and how to handle things over the years. It's been a blessing to be with bank of England mortgage because, we are uh, able to help people in, no matter what state we're in, and uh, it's, been, it's been nice. But um, the Bank of England is out of uh, Little Rock, Arkansas now. The, the bank started in in England, Arkansas, so I hate to disappoint Spoiler. y'all. I know. Spoiler. I know. I want to go and get that out there because <laughs> I could have some real people listening out there. They're going to be like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Why would I do? <laughs> I mean, but, you know, of, of all of the international uh, opportunities that are out there, I mean, I think we're probably – the Bank of England would be a super friendly, uh, you know, it's at least it's not like Bank of China. Exactly. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't be here and show my face if you would have said that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one thing you did leave out, and I think this is important for us to note, Neil, okay. this is the first time in our one year plus recording history where we've had two Mississippi State Bulldogs back to back. So we had one of our guests last week, John Marchetti, Ah, um, yes. He is a, he's a bulldog alum, and uh, I know. Yes. I know. Went. You are a. You bleed maroon and white, even though you went to Mississippi College. I do. My family on my father's side is all from Starkville, and I grew up being a bulldog and uh, going to a lot of games and being a part of that. And I, um, no matter what, I'll um, bulldogs all the way. And I'm looking forward to the upset against LSU on Saturday. It's gonna be nice. Oh, all on the upset. Ooh. Mississippi State opens Ooh. the season. A 17-point underdog at LSU, and you heard it here. Went says the Bulldogs not only cover the line, but go to Baton Rouge and win. Yes, we're going to win by three. Um, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. He's, call, he's calling it all. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I wish I wish I could say I uh, I, I think that uh, Florida is probably going to take care of business. Nope. Ole Miss wins, too. Watch. What? Yep. Okay. Yep. I think they're going to take it to Mullen first game. Oh, okay. So you – you uh you want the rebels to take it to Mullen yes. just because of that? There's I feel like there's a Neil. Do you feel that little bit of bad blood there? Is it? Did you I'm really did you, questioning what is in the crumpets and tea this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm starting to think. That yeah, he might have had crumpets, but I'm really wondering about the tea. Well, here's my true belief: you catch them first weekend, nobody knows what's going on with, and I think you have opportunities to. I'm I'm not saying you'll definitely win, but it's gonna be great games. You catch those two teams mid season. I don't give either one of them a shot. I, I I love it, man. So not that I haven't gotten past the stage of just being thankful that there's football. Amen. I, I, yeah. Amen. I, I, yep. I've watched. I normally don't watch because I cover it, and I have to write about it and talk about it and all that stuff. I I, I try to limit my consumption of games that I don't have to watch because otherwise I'll burn out quickly over the course of a year because I'm I'm I have other sports interests as well and other things going on. I caught myself the last couple of weeks watching a lot of football that I normally would not watch. Yeah. I grew up in Ruston, Louisiana, so I, I, I grew up going to Louisiana Tech games. So, I, I, But normally, I, I mean, Tech plays, and I, I might yeah. watch a few plays, but I move on. I watched just about all of Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss. It was a great game. It was really entertaining, and 
all that. So this weekend, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm excited to see a lot of. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm covering Ole Miss and Florida, of course, at 11 yep. a.m. But like the the Tennessee South Carolina game at 6:30, I'm, I catch myself genuinely looking forward to watching that game, yep. not out of, not out of a curiosity standpoint or a, hey, I do an SEC football show, I probably need to watch it, but more of a, I want to watch it, and I I think because there was a time, and Martin knows this, there was a time in early August where I, I didn't think this season was going to happen, and I'm. I'm really pleased that it is. And I'll say this because I've said it on multiple platforms. I want to say it again because I don't think they get enough credit. It's easy to criticize the SEC a lot, and they deserve it at times. The SEC and everybody in that office deserves a tremendous amount of praise for getting the league to where it is today, where games are going to happen on Saturday in Oxford and Auburn and Baton Rouge and Columbia and and. Fayetteville and and every bat you know everywhere else that it's going to and College Station everywhere that those games are going to happen it it is a it is a uh, credit to Greg Sankey and everyone in the SEC office and quite frankly to the all fourteen athletics directors and probably all fourteen head coaches too these are really competitive people that have had to put some of that competitive fire aside to make sure that they followed the protocols and no matter how ridiculous we might think some of them are, they were real protocols and you had to follow them. And, and to their credit, they did. And I think it's really cool that there's going to be products on the field on um, on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm going to run down a real quick little rabbit hole too, still on the football thing. So, <clears throat> you know, I didn't, I didn't, my dad grew up in Miami. So I kind of started off as a Dolphins fan for professional football. And then we lived in DC for, you know, almost four years. So, um, you know, we got on the, the Redskins uh, bandwagon, which was really difficult to do and still is. And, of course, now they are no longer the Redskins. They are the Washington football team. But, uh, and, and Neil, I, can't, I think we've talked about this before, but I can't remember. Uh, and our listeners may or may not know, but I'm a, I'm a total Star Wars nerd. And so yesterday I was reading an article – um, it was in the early morning and it was, uh, it's a, it's a email newsletter that I get, uh, and it's mostly financial news. And sometimes there's a little bit of, they're kind of snarky. So you can't tell if they're being serious or being like truthful and honest. And, uh, they had an article in there and they rarely write about sports, but it was an article about last night's game, the, um, the Vegas Raiders and the saints. And they, yeah. they called the stadium, the death star. And I was like, oh my gosh. If that is true, I am now a Raiders fan. And have so, you seen it? Yeah, yeah. So I looked at it and I was like, you know, I could see how from if you're looking at directly above, looking down at it, it definitely kind of it has like you can. That's where you can get the Death Star. And I was like, okay, a professional football team just unofficially called their stadium the Death Star. And then I was like, that has to be a joke. So I go find it. ESPN has reported it. It's being reported in the Bleachers Report. I was like, okay. I'm a Raiders fan now. So, dude, I'm a Raiders fan now. And my son is a <laughs> massive New Orleans Saints fan. Uh, so I had a lot of fun because I really didn't care about professional football at all. Even before, you know, all of the craziness, you know, started happening. Like, I didn't care about professional football. I love college football. Uh, I'm, on a, I'm, a, I'm on the Raiders bandwagon simply because their stadium is unofficially called the Death Star. Well, their quarterback's first class, too. I love watching him play, and his platform off the field is first class. So I, I, I'm with you on that. I'll, I'll start cheering for him at 
seems like they got it going on over there. To my Derek Carr, yeah, class act, yeah. yeah. That was a that was a competitive game last night. Um, it was good. I wa- actually, that's the first time I have watched professional football on TV in years, and it was just and it was kind of fun. Christopher's a Saints fan. I got on the Death Star bandwagon yesterday, literally yesterday <laughs> morning at seven o'clock, um, and so we just kind of had this little nice little bantering going back and forth. Um, I probably will not watch any game. By the I, way. Is if you're a uniform person, that was a oh, beautiful uniform. I was game. like, the Raiders. Second. What are we talking about? The here? Raiders' traditional home uniform, the black and silver, is is. You know, you, when they show up, you know who that is, even if you don't know where they yeah, play. Yeah, I think of Bo Jackson. When I see those, that's that's who I think about. You know, from when I was a kid. Uh, and the Saints' all white road uni is, it's it's, it's fire. It was a great game. It was it was fun. Uh, father time catching up with Drew Brees a little bit, like he does all of us. But he does. Uh, that was that's a beautiful stadium, man. It's a gorgeous place. The Death Star. Not to change crazy subject, but what do you guys think about the JSU hire? Oh, dude, that is insane! And how crazy was it that he was at? Well, your son. So, Wentz's son. Should we tell him? Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. You, oh, we were we were uh, tied game seven seconds left, and I'm proud to say my son hit the game winner against yeah, Neon dude. Dion. You gotta you gotta <laughs> brag you gotta brag a little yeah. bit, dude, Just when a, you get. I, mean, I was excited for him. He was really pumped. He had the opportunity to go in there and tie the game and win it. And tried to ice him. Yeah, they they definitely tried to ice him. They called the timeout. And uh, it's history, though. He he was on cloud nine for about a week. It was it was neat. Sure, that's awesome. So yeah, you've got your son got uh, the first win against Neon Dion in the state of Mississippi. Yes, that's right. So maybe he'll call him up and try to recruit him to kick <laughs> to JSU. Well, <laughs> that's you, right. Did you kick in college? No, I played college soccer. So yeah, I knew um, you played soccer, but I didn't know if you kicked also in college. No, um, they were same season. I would love to, but yeah, you had sense. to you had to pick one. Yeah, so. that makes sense. All right, sorry, Neil. We went. I told you I was going to get on a rabbit hole, and I mean it was a fun rabbit hole. I enjoyed hanging out down there, but I guess we actually oh. do need to yeah pull back Go out and and uh, <clears throat> and and chat a little bit. So one of the things that I really wanted to bring went in um, and and talk about because I. There's a lot of things about the the mortgage world that, you know, th- there's some confusion or are misunderstandings or just no understandings. And we're going to get to that, too. But one of the things I want to just start off with you, Went is so right now everyone knows interest rates are really, really low, historical lows. Um, mortgage rates, are, th- are they all they're also at historical lows? Is that correct or is it not correct? Yeah, mortgage rates are at historical okay. lows. They're they're really strong right now. Perfect. I mm-hmm. thought so, but I didn't want to misspeak, and then you'd be like, "Dude, you just totally lied to all of your listeners." <laughs> but um, no, they're really solid right so now. So let's talk about when does it make sense? Like for the for the people that are listening that are saying, you know, hey, should I be refinancing? When does it when does it make sense to actually consider refinancing your mortgage and either going from a thirty to a fifteen, or either from you know keeping what you got but just getting Right. A lower rate. Can you will you talk about that a little bit, and then talk about what the process looks like and what you can, what you can expect? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, there's every that's why I love what we do. Everybody's different. So the person that just bought their house maybe a couple of years ago, they have not applied much towards their, um, you know, their principal. principal. Yep. So they're sitting there going, "Crud, rates just went down a full point." We may want to look at that. You know, we're, we're catching a lot of people that were still in the mid fours high fours, even four, um, 
on a 30 year fix going, this is a no brainer. Let's refinance, get me down in the low threes, high twos, just depending on where you catch the, the rate. And, um, so we ask, always ask, how long do you plan on being in your house? If you're moving the next six months, we're not going to even look at a refinance. You're not going to recoup your cost. Yep. It's not worth it. You know, I'm going to be here a couple of years. Well, let's, you know, let's take a look. Somebody that's already in the low threes, things like that. The only reason they would consider refinancing is right now, um, it's tax deductible to cash out your equity, do things to the house, put a pool in, things like that. Please don't tell my wife that. Oh, yeah. I will. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe I don't mention that. I hope, hope she wasn't listening there. But Don't worry. She doesn't listen so, to the show. Okay, good. <laughs> That's awful. But a lot of people are going to 15s right now because it's like, man, this is I'm barely raising my payment, and I'm taking 10, 12 years off my mortgage, Yeah. and I'm not putting myself in a bind. And I look at the amortization, I'm like, I'm saving almost a hundred grand of life. You know, so that's what you're looking at right to now. Do that, you do it right. I mean, if you can afford to take that bite, you should take that bite. There's no doubt about it right now. Worth where 15 year rates are. I mean, that's just what people are taking advantage of right now. Um, so let me, let me, let me ask you this because this is obviously I'm a source close to me tells me that this is something we've talked about. Um, <laughs> is that your wife? Are you better off? <laughs> hypothetically, uh, just a hypothetical person. Okay. We'll call him uh, Noel McCrenzy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. I've met is, Noel McCrenzy before. See, nice. Is He's kind of crotchety. Is Noel better off paying extra each month on his mortgage on a 30-year note, biting into the principal, or is he better off committing to the 15-year note where even though the 15-year note might stress Noel and his and his uh, lovely bride uh, on occasion absolutely and that's a great question you definitely don't want to get those guys in a predicament where your higher payment is there and you don't have a choice so paying the extra on a 30 year is always a winner if you want to know that around Christmas time that you can make that lower payment and on that 30 year fix and not worry about Oh man, I put myself in a fifteen year. I really kind of shouldn't have done it two, three hundred more than I thought. That's not the route you want to go. But you want to analyze. Hey, is this fifteen year only raising my payment fifty, hundred bucks a month? Do I quit going out to dinner one night a week? Let's, right. You know what I mean. So yeah, you, you always can pay extra. And the rule of thumb is try to get that one extra payment a year in there, so you can hammer at that thirty year a little little quicker. But so. Let me, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you. No. I'm going to cut in there real quick. Absolutely. So if, if you do the one extra payment a year, this is totally my ignorance here. Yeah. If you do the one extra payment, does it make it equivalent to the 15 or do you need to no. do no, 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 more no. than around like 26 and a half? 26 oh, 26. And a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll run the math and you always got to look at your balance, your rate, your escrow. Like there's a bunch. So like for me, the thing that kills me in my payment mm -hmm. is not necessarily my principal and interest piece, but because. I chose to live in a place with really high taxes right. and a lot of crime around me and uh and then my house is not brick and all this other stuff. Right. Like my insurance and my taxes are probably what a lot of people's mortgage, mortgage You're right. is. Yeah. And I mean I say that kind of tongue in cheek, yeah. but it's actually not that far off and it, yeah. and, it and it's um, and it murders me. So if I'm applying so the average is 26 if you make an extra payment. So would you would you say, hey, if you make three extra payments a year, 
that probably gets you closer to to fifteen. I'm not. Yeah, holding, I'm not I mean, it's gonna be clo- to of course. Oh there. yeah, of course. I mean, and that's what a lot of our clients they'll write an extra check to principal, you know, and get that. Um, and if you set up every other week draft, that equals to be that extra payment that year, you know. So there's different things you can do, but yeah, the more of course extra year you pay, it's gonna hammer away, and then you'll look up and go, hey, my thirty year mortgage, um, I was able to knock four or five years off of it. The average person doesn't stay in their house that long. Yeah. So unless you're about to, especially the first time home buyer, what was the last average five to seven years and you're on to your next house. So, um, 30 years, the way to go anyway, cause you want your payment as low as possible. You're not really going to hammer away at paying off a house. You know what I mean? So, if you're a first time home buyer, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, I heard, I heard that it was most people, um, you know, move every five to seven years anyway like right. even if you're not a first-time homebuyer so i'm just thinking about myself yeah and, you know when i i have done that i mean you yeah you helped me with my yeah my first house too right um you know and we were there for how long were you there for five yeah five years ish yeah so yeah, four or five years um i mean there, there you go that tells you right there um to answer our buddy's question it was uh yeah uh, that, noel noel Mc, Mc, Crazy, yeah. Wait, yeah. what was it? Cozy, his, McCozy. His name is Noel McCrenzy. McCrenzy. Noel McCrenzy. Well, Noel McCrenzy. If we and could he's, get he's, him on here one day, I would like to talk to him. I mean, I can talk to him. He's pretty shy. I don't know <laughs> okay. if he wants to air his public situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand. What's his wife's name? Do you know? Uh, Lori. Lori. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. But yeah, uh, and I and I kind of went all over the place. I hope I answered that. But yeah. Laura. It's definitely not Laura. It's it's either Lori or Laura, but not not Laura. Okay, got you. Of course, not Laura. Not Laura. Mm-mm. <laughs> that would be silly. I mean, yeah, I mean that. that who would ever name their kid Laura? I mean, I don't know. So, yeah, just, just but, it was, just, and and plus, it was just a hypothetical, I right? Mean, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And hypotheticals are good because you know, most of the time, hypotheticals are based on yeah real facts. Yeah, but not always. But not yours. Right. Not my set of facts. No, it's Noel's facts. That's right. But you do you do wonder, you know, if you if because if you can switch to a fifteen year note at these rates, then rates right now on a fifteen year note are Yeah, yeah, lower than Yeah, you catch them on a good day, man. I mean that's and that's what say there's no cost to look at it. Say, hey, run me some numbers, let's look at it. And then you go, you know what, went that uh no, we're good. We're gonna stay put or this makes a lot of sense. It it does a lot of people are just scared to take that first step just to look and see if it's even worthwhile, you know? So the other thing that factors in, of course, and this is where, look, everybody's got a, a living to make. Right. People look at closing cost and they say, so I'm just adding that, if you will, to my debt here. Is that worth doing? Right. That's a conversation that, um, Noel told me that he and Lori had about, do you just add this into the debt right. or are you better off rather than adding that to the debt? saying right. I'm committing to paying that towards yep. the note that I have today. But if you stick on the 30-year note, you are paying a lot more interest over however many years that is than you would if you just That's right. you know, took the bit and paid 15 years, and then you're done. Absolutely. Well, a lot of people are taking advantage since the rates are so low. Is I'm rolling my closing costs into the loan, not coming out of pocket, staying liquid, and yeah. barely affecting my monthly payment at all. And, you know, uh, closing costs or your closing attorney appraisal, um, underwriting, things like that. So 
it doesn't get crazy. You create a new escrow account, which people, um, you know, certain, like you're saying, you have big taxes in Hines County, whatever that, that can be a big chunk of your closing costs there. So a lot of people, I'll, I'll tell them to call their current uh, lender and ask, find out what's currently in their escrow account. Cause after they close, they get, the, you know, that's their money. They, they get, back, yep. comes back to them. So, um, it helps make the decision as well. Um, but definitely uh, right now with where rates are, you, it's smarter unless you just want to come out of pocket to roll those, those fees into the loan. Um, cause it will, it doesn't it not make a huge difference in the monthly payment. I'm hijacking this here. We're Go having this it. conversation. It's, um, it's Tuesday, September the 22nd. There's a, um, not to get political here, but there's a Supreme Court thing going on. There's an election that is now, I don't know, 40 some odd days. I guess it's, what, six weeks from today? Yeah, Seven weeks from today? We haven't even, it's crazy this year. Anyway, go ahead, Neil. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. We haven't um, even talked about elections at all, which is insane, and it's an election year. Here's my question, just... I know that the stock market doesn't like volatility, doesn't like unpredictability. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of unpredictability as of this moment about what, what the Supreme Court will look like, what the White House will look like, what the Congress will look like in both chambers, yep. certainly in the Senate. How much of that could ultimately impact? I guess what I'm asking is if, if you were advising uh, Noel and, and, and Lori here, would you say, hey, if you're going to do this, Whatever you decide to do, I would suggest that you do it before November the 3rd. Or will it take longer than that for rates to change if if there's a wholesale change in, in government? Yeah, we're hearing a lot of that. Yeah, and I'll Neil, I'll take a piece of that from to talk about the interest rate movement piece. And then I think if you had no idea that you were doing this, but I actually think you set, went up for us to talk about how rates for mortgages are determined because I think a lot of folks don't know and or have this misconception because I know I hear it a lot and, and I'm the village idiot and, and I was even asking went questions before, before the show about it. Um, you know, I know that it's not tied to a lot of people here. Oh, interest rates are at zero. That does not mean your mortgage is at zero. That is the federal reserve rate, which is the rate that, you know, banks lend money to each other overnight. But the 10 year treasury <clears throat> is, you know, hovering around the, 0.75 range. And I, and I kind of thought that that makes sense for a benchmark in my head. Um, but realistically it's not either of those. I'm going to let Went kind of talk about what it is, but so, but to answer the question about changes in interest rates and political change in the political atmosphere, um, let's just kind of run down the rabbit hole real quick. I won't stay long. Um, the Federal Reserve is really, really dovish right now, which means that they are not interested in raising interest rates at the moment. Uh, the latest Federal Reserve <clears throat> meeting, um, our our, fair, our Fed Chairman Jerome Powell came out and said, hey, it is realistically going to be two, three years before we even budge off of zero. Now, that doesn't mean that the mortgage rates won't move, but so those are going to be anchored there. And that's so if Biden wins, it is highly likely that Jay Powell will remain the Fed chair. If Trump wins, there's a little bit of uncertainty on if if Jay Powell will remain the Fed chair. But I can I'm not, and I'm not a gambling man, but I can unequivocally confirm or gamble that 
if uh, if the chairman is replaced, if, if Jerome Powell is replaced by Trump, it will be an even more dovish chairperson. So it might be – we might have zero interest rates if Trump wins through his entire uh, second term. That is not out of the realm of possibility at all. Actually, is more unlikely that rates would move during the term than, than it's likely that rates – you know, wouldn't. Um, so anyway, I said all that to say the interest rate piece is, is I think is going to be pretty anchored for at least the next two, three years. Now that doesn't mean mortgage rates won't change. So when I'm going to play tennis and I'm going to hit the ball over to you yeah. now to talk about how are mortgage rates set? What, what should folks look at if they're trying to figure out what rates are doing and, and how, how could they even look at that on their own? Absolutely. Well, yeah. And you hit a nail on the head. That's perfect. I don't see, what the banks are lending on is going to really change much over the next couple of years, no matter who wins this election, but that's on construction loans. That's on home equity lines of credit. That's on what bank lends you. So right now prime is so low. That's what they're lending money on. So right now would I build if I was thinking about building shoot? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's really good money you can borrow right now out there. And that's what is affecting the fed is keeping it low. So, that's why I believe uh, the economy will stay decent with people like myself in the mortgage business, financial advisors, realtors, builders, things, because they're going to keep this prime low where people want to do things and feel like they can afford it. Right. Right. Now, we're not going to get crazy after the election. Could rates, mortgage rates go up? Absolutely. Um, we're, but we're affected in a different way. We're off mortgage-backed securities. And do investors want to? buy them do they feel comfortable investing in you know their money into um, mortgage backed securities and that's where rates can can go up or down or, or stay the same so if we get a new president um what we're reading in here and it makes you kind of nervous what mortgage rates could do um this election is very important so um but we also feel like they're not going to just skyrocket immediately like you need to go do something right before election it's going to take a little time but give new swearing in January of the new year things you'll start seeing them um in prediction but you don't know maybe ease up a little bit um do we see them getting crazy high not anytime soon so but the answer is if I if uh, audience if if Noel (laughs) wants to make sure that he gets in on these right now yeah he probably needs to get moving yeah absolutely because you know everybody is taking advantage of the refinancing and buying. So um, purchase property is top priority. You'll get in your house in three to four weeks. If you're refinancing, you better get in line because it's so overwhelming to underwriting and staff. They're taking 30, 40 days sometimes to grab a file because of the high volume. Wow. So you better get in line. Like I said, you at least need to look at it. If you were thinking about it, you at least need to look and see if it was worthwhile. There's nothing holding you to having to go and, and actually do it, but you, you owe it to yourself to take a look and see if it's a smart move while they're as low as they are. So. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think that that's, you know, that's reasonable too for, for all of our listeners that are, you know, if you haven't refinanced and you know, you're on a 30 year um, or, you know, you're, you're looking at, should I move to a 15 or move to a 30? And what would that do impact for budget wise, you know, in your house, you know, make those considerations. So most of the time when people come to you and they say, Hey, I'm looking at a refinance, do you give them 
a couple of different options like hey here's our this is what a 30 looks like this is what a 15 what i do what all i mean i know we've talked about 15s and 30s yeah are there other uh like terms like 10s 20s or is it 15 and 30 uh because i'm gonna play village idiot on yeah absolutely so um no i just uh just did a 25 year for a gentleman that was in his house five years he did not want to add years so he just said okay so um a 20 year uh 10 year 15 so we look i always give um the top three options people ask for the 30 the 20 and the 15 okay and i give that more than anything and i'll break it down for them like that um and then so people don't want to add time so yeah um uh, you don't do a lot of 25s and things like that different but yes they are available so that you don't feel like you some people don't want to add time just in their head they're like why am i add i don't want to go back to that so we a lot of times the 20 the payment can make it more sense because they're not quite going all the way down to 15 so their payment's not going quite as high they're still lowering their rate and they, and they feel like they've not only save interest rate and money but they they've cut off years or their mortgage is kind of a win-win for right. people you know and that's kind of that the reason i was asking that question is because i had the same thought so you know we, yeah. we've been in our house for almost <clears throat> almost four years yeah and it doesn't feel like we've made much progress on yeah principle even though i mean i've made a little bit of progress on principle too um but i would have that same th- that the guy that did the 25 i would that would be my thing is like man if I yeah. mean, if I wasn't going to go to the 15 or the 20, but I didn't want to add an additional five years back on, right. I mean, I would just say, that's where I would be like, hey, man, let me look at essentially just picking up where I am in time, but mm-hmm. lowering my payment because of, you know, my interest rate is from four years ago. Right. And it is not right. in the upper twos. Right. And the lower threes. I mean, yeah. Martina's, my friend Martina's yeah. interest rate yeah. is... Uh, you know, is what it was four years ago. Right. So, and then, you know, Mar- Martina did a con- a bridge loan into a regular. So, right. you know, then there was tons of yeah. other things that got in there as well. So, um, you know, that was one of the things I didn't quite understand either was, is the, if, so you can custom, uh, not customize, but tailor make what people need yeah, with you, options. It's not like you get this one or this one, right. choose which one. Right, and that's what kind of separates. It's not cookie cutter. You want to make sure you're putting everybody in their best situation. You know, so um, that's why I always ask for a current mortgage statement, and I look at their escrows. I look at their breakdown. Um, I'll look at. I'll get with my if they don't feel like they know the value of their home, which is important. I'll reach out to some of my agents that can look on the NMLS, see what recent sales, so we can go. Hey, this is realistic. We're going to lower your rate and get rid of PMI, or hey, we're going. You know, so. We are, we do a lot of extra stuff to make sure that refi is worthwhile. Right. You know what I mean. Right. So so yeah. there's so you got it. There's a queue right now, and it's pretty long for for a refinance. So if you're thinking yeah. about doing it, it's not going to happen like in the next week. Once you get all your stuff in, it's going to be a yeah. It's, it's going to be a good a month. Little, it's going right. to take a little bit of time. Yep. So let me ask another question too, because we've uh, I have a couple of buddies that are realtors as well, and you know, they've said that, you know, it's, there's not, there's a lot of demand for houses, but there's not, uh, like, I guess like a lot of inventory that's, yeah that's out there. So what about new home? And, and I guess let's talk about for Mississippi because they're, you know, we have listeners that are all over scattered all over the place. We even have a couple of listeners that are like in Spain and Australia, New Zealand and England, which is weird. Cause I thought it was you guys listening from <laughs> England. Awesome. Uh, 
Do you have any, do you have any guys uh, in California listen to us? You know, I don't know that we have. I can go back and look at all of our. I'm just curious. Now. I'm working on a refinance out of California now. Great folks, and um, a lot of people don't realize that we're we can do it in any state. We're not just stuck in Mississippi to help them out. So I didn't know where you had listeners all over the place, huh? Yeah, we. I mean, we have. Cli- I have clients in 22 states. Awesome. So there you go. You know, and that's one thing that I didn't. You know, I didn't even think about is. So if you have. If you have people that are living in Mississippi and they're, they're let's say they're my clients under Mississippi and they want the Colorado, uh, you know, ski cabin or chalet or yeah, whatever. Second home. Yeah. Or, you know, for us, it's really popular with the, hey, let's get a condo or a, a, or a beach house in Orange Beach right. or, you know, that's pretty close by. So you can handle anything absolutely is it continental u.s or you know if you got the super super wealthy guys that like want that hawaii i want to say it's uh, just the 50 states well actually i want to say one of them new hampshire somewhere we we there's some law that we can't but yeah but basically just inside our united states footprint and um but it's uh neat to be able to help people buy those condos and things in florida you know destin area it's really out that way and um and uh what Another popular is like you just said, Orange Beach. A lot of those condos um, over there, people love because it's only a four hour drive from us, you know. So a lot of people yeah, love it's to easy get, to get to. Absolutely, easy to get so, to. But um, yeah, what were you going? Um, but your so called um, friends need to know if they're going to uh, <laughs> Martina yeah, and ma- Noel. Ma- yeah, that's right. Tell them that <laughs> they the, need to meet each other. To answer, to answer their question, they may wonder this market is hot and the inventory is low. So I've had clients lose. A house because they didn't make an offer soon enough yeah you know well, so my one of my buddies from grad school i saw him at the soccer fields this weekend for our tournament and he was telling me like my parents moved in with us and i was like really is like i didn't i didn't know that was even an option <laughs> and he said their house when they lived on the mississippi gulf coast okay and they put their house on the market and it sold in three hours right three hours mm-hmm. hours not days there was a house in my neighborhood that sold uh within with it got put on the on the market in the morning it was it was done by noon Wow, that's insane. Man. Where are you? I'm. He Neil's up. I, I mean, mean Noel, Neil is up in Oxford. Okay, yeah, I didn't know what uh, we do a we're lot. This, yeah, we're doing this in the midst of a massive pandemic. Where right? I mean, it's 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 death and pestilence here, and so <laughs> I, I what it will be like when you know the sun shines again. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is, and I mean so inventories are moving fast. So so talk about for the people that are trying to purchase or maybe their first time home buyers. How do they, how can they end up, how can they set themselves up to not be in that situation where they have the house of their dreams and because they couldn't make an offer fast enough or the right offer, it was just gone. Right. What, how, how do they work with you to get, to be able to get set up, to be able to have all their ducks in a row? Right. Well, that's where we try to separate ourselves. Like a lot of these, um, realtors will call on a Saturday. Hey, can you, yeah, absolutely. Let me, uh, if I'm not coaching my kids soccer or something, I'll run up there pre-approve and uh make sure it's a strong deal where they can have that pre-approval letter in their hand so if they they go over there and they're arguing i mean not already but you know in negotiations and there's other offers i want my clients to have that pre-approval in their hand so they can show the realtors they're the real deal and they're not wondering on monday morning if they can get the house they know they can that that's what helped this last one is he was on his third house i said look you're gonna have to take on this price range that 180 range i was like there's no negotiating. You're about to offer the full amount. Here's your letter. Tell your realtor. And he got it. You know, there was, yep. 
that's the way they're having to do right now on that price range. Now, if you get over 400, 500, they're not flying off the shelf. Yep. You know what I mean? But, but be ready for those low, 300 and below, they're gone. So the, let me ask a question about that too. So when you get a pre-approval letter, does a pre-approval is like, Hey, they've got, you've got enough room to run up to, you know, you're pre-approved up to a certain point. Is that what the pre-approval letter or does it like for each property, you got to have a pre-approval for that specific property? Well, I work, if I know they're negotiating and they have a price they're wanting, I don't want to mess up my client and show his hand and show the full amount. That makes sense. That makes sense. But I do give them the letter, say, here's your, here's your letter that you can go up to. This is not what you want to show right now. Yeah. Here's your offer. Here's your pre-approval for what you're offering. Yep. And if you need to go up, you have the other letter in your hand and just know this is your top dollar. Please don't offer any more. <laughs> Cause then I look back cause I can't get you in the house cause you offered more than I told you, yep. you know, unless you're coming out with some cash. Right. Exactly. So that's kind of the way we do it to kind of make sure that client can feel comfortable and feel like they have a chance not losing it. So, so. what's kind of the process too? Cause I know there's, it's, it's different. Um, you know, different places have kind of different things. There's banks when they do the financing internally, it's a little bit different process because it's essentially like a bank loan versus a mortgage, but they're just collateralizing a property. Correct. So when they come see you, what what's all the things that they need to have with them to even to get the process started? I mean, I know it's like, you know, tax returns, W-2s. What are all the things that, right. that people need to have with them? So if they're self-employed, we get business returns and tax, you know, personal and business if they're self-employed. How many years do you want of that? Um. Well, five years or more, if they've been in the business, sometimes when I run it, my system, it only asks for one year. Okay. If you've been self-employed for two years, barely, or a little more, more than likely we're going to get two years returns. Okay. And average those out and see. Um, but yeah, your basic stuff, your W-2s, pay stubs for the people that are working somewhere and bank statements and, um, and just make sure that all our ducks in rows. So um, we kind of try to look at that on the front end so we know, hey, you're good. So once you're out of underwriting, you don't ask for much else because you, you kind of try to get all that stuff on the front end. And so, so. do you, you need like their investment account statements and Correct. you need it. So you need everything. If they have a dollar anywhere, whether it's, I mean, maybe not 401ks, but a dollar anywhere that's like a savings account, an investment account that's not an IRA or right. 401k. A lot of people pull from those. So you want to see those. You want to see those. You want to get those accounts. Um, how do y'all do? Are y'all like a, when you send your client statements, are y'all um, every three months or monthly, or how does it work with uh, with you guys? Yeah. I know everybody's a little different. Yeah, so our our standard is quarterly, but quarterly. Um, but I can run like if a client called me and said, "Hey, I'm going into, I need to take statements, and I this one's you know old. Can you run me a fresh one? I can run them a, a what we call an ad hoc statement that okay. can be as of." you know, any date. Oh, nice. Okay. So if you said, Hey, I need it all as of, you know, September 15th, I can run it as of September 15th. Cause we have to get the most recent 60 days. So that would be easy for you to get your client the most, the recent 60 days. Yeah. So yeah, hypothetically, like right now it is, what does today's date? September 22nd. Right. So the last one they would have is June 30th, which would be outside of your 60 day window. So I could easily, they just have to let us, they just have to tell us they need it. Right. And most, most firms that are on quarterly, um, can run an ad hoc statement. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So things like that you need. And, and I don't know, a lot of people are just hesitant. There's a lot of renters out there that could be buying a house right now and paying less money, but they're, 
I don't know if they're just nervous about the trying to pull the trigger on buying a home, but that those are ones that need to look at it also while rates are as low as they are. Yeah, you know, I mean, so. you know, I think that there's a lot of people that that probably are nervous about it's like, hey, I got everything rocking and rolling, or or maybe let's talk about this because we haven't. I know we're kind of bumping on time, like yeah. we're really bumping on time. Wow, that passed really quick. That did. That went by um, quick. The p- people who have, let's say, when they bought their house, they had better credit than they do now. Okay. Um. What? Like how? What is the for the people that might be nervous about? You know, oh, I don't. You know, my credit profile doesn't look good enough. What? What yeah. are you guys? What? What do you guys' credit profiles need to look like? You know that if you're within, you know, this range, you're probably in good shape. And I know a lot of that has to do with how much debt you have and all that stuff yeah. too. But what is uh for people that are nervous about, hey, I may not be able to do this, what what can you tell them to get them off of the fence or off the sidelines to And that's a lot of that. A lot of people feel like, hey, I don't even have credit or my credit's not too good and we're I'll take pride in looking at their credit and helping them out on, hey, do this, do that. Hey, I see you have revolving debt there. Let's get that card down to thirty percent. Let's get you I mean, there's ways to show them to get a game plan so six months down the road if they'll, you know, do what we ask on the credit side, they'll get the most premium interest rate because we got them, you know, in that 700 range from where they were by just, you know, and they're and, and the biggest deal is I like to look at it because there's so many mistakes on a credit report. Yeah. So many mistakes. So let's make sure they're your, they're yours, you know, and that's what people get hesitant on that. Yeah. So, so I know my friend Martina. Martina. Um, McBride. Martina McBride. Yeah. Uh, your friend's name. Keeps changing. Just <laughs> this is I mean, a different you, friend. Either you've got a lot of friends with the same kind of rough name, or or <laughs> your story's not checking out, dude. That's, I got a lot of friends, Neil. You what? You think I'm just a hermit, man? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so I, I don't really want to get into that that much. <laughs> well, Martina had uh, noticed. Martina gets credit notifications and noticed that uh, there was a hard inquiry on credit and. Someone t- uh, tried to take out an SBA loan, the the uh, injury relief, the injury relief loan, in in her name, and um, so Martina had to lock down the credit report uh. for seven years or whatever it is that they allow her to do. So, and I know that everyone's stuff is different, but for people who may say, you know, oh, it's it's going to be tough for me, is that something you walk? you know, hold her hand, walking them through the right. things that you need to do to, she needs to do to absolutely to get there. Yeah. And so for someone, um, and this is not Martina's issue, but like you said, they've got maybe they've on time payments are all their payments have been on time. So that's really, really high, but, but they keep a, a relatively high balance, like a 50 or 75% of their credit. Right. Yeah. Piece. So you just say, Hey, pay that. Get it. You said get it below thirty. Is that that the yeah, magic kind of magic number? You see what kind of what they can afford to do, but you try to get them below that thirty, or even down to you know just keeping ten dollars on the card while you're trying to buy a house. You know, yeah. just keeping that revolving line that shoots your scores up more than anything I've seen is keeping. Say you're allowed to borrow a thousand dollars on your card. You know, keep it down there to fifty bucks a month while you're trying to buy a house. Yeah, you know, and I mean, and and so that those are strategies. The, the thing that sucks about the credit game is mm-hmm. the credit game is something we all have to play and the rules are not published. Nope. And I think a lot of people, especially first time home buyers, I know it was for me, it was the same when I was a first time home buyer is 
I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And I didn't have someone coaching me on, Hey, this is cause I thought, Hey, if I pay all my bills on time, then right. I'm in good shape. Well, that's a piece of it. Right. And then there's, you know, other stuff. And then, so do medical bills, can those be a disqualifier for you for, for folks? If there's, you know, medical bills that went to collections. Cause I know we had a guest yeah, a the, while back and I can't remember depends what how, she said. It so. depends how many are out there and the bounces and how old they are, you know, how yeah. old are they? And, um, you know, sometimes you don't even want to mess with them if they're very old. Cause you know, if you bring back a medical collection, a lot of people think, Hey, I'm going to just pay this thing off. I'm buying a house. Well, then it reports as a new medical collection that just hurts you worse. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, and, it, you know, unfortunately Martina, you know, has avoided those, but I know we had someone at our office, um, and she's no longer with us. Um, she had to be medevaced in a helicopter and, uh, like the helicopter ambulance thingies. Mm -hmm. And dude, those, the bill was like 50 grand for just the, the, the helicopter ride was more expensive than the mm. like broken leg thing that she had in a remote place that, wow. that she had to get fixed. And, uh, you know, so th I know people have stuff like that on their, you know, where it's, it's just, yeah, it's a, something that they happened and, and bam, and it, and it's, you know, and it's there and yep. it's, and we can help and we help a lot of clients and we're, we're teamed up with some really good people at the home office that help clean things up like that. Um, to, you know, on medical collection, different things and try to help people, you know, get rid of some things so they can pursue that house down the road and get that game plan early on how to, how to maybe get some of that gone. Because like I said, that's a high dollar expense that is ridiculous. And, and that shouldn't stop you from being able to buy a house. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I know a lot of people have, I was trying to kind of hit them the big points. I yeah. know a lot of people, and we may have listeners that have some of the same issues and yeah. I want them to be able to, you know, to, if they want to get in touch with you and maybe this is a good segue into the, and this is usually what Neil says, cause he's much better at this than me, but like, how do people get in touch with you to, to, you know, to talk about what they should do or, you know, strategies. To yeah, absolutely. Forward? Well, um, everybody, just it's real easy to remember the website mortgagemanms.com it's just mortgagemanms.com and that's where you can get pre-approved look at the refinance look at your home purchase and uh 601-906-7074 is how you call and reach out you can always text um and you can email me at wmcgee at boemortgage.com but if you just want to take a look at things and um and see if it's you know smart right now uh mortgagemanms.com is where to get started. Awesome. Thank you. Neil? Well, Wim, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun today. Uh, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people reaching out to you after this because that was a lot of informative stuff. So you know, we'll, we'll stop there. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, pleasure meeting you. I hope to meet you in person. I'll be in Oxford soon, and we do the condo loans up there in, the, uh, in God's country. Even though I'm a bulldog, i got to admit, I love some Oxford. It is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully the just the absolute death wave here will be over by then. <laughs> well, let us get, know when it is. We'll come see you. Well, so. please be be safe here. And God knows wear ten masks because it's just whew, the air is just floating with virus. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, everybody hates me. Um, <laughs> I don't blame them. At least they don't hate Noel because they've never met him. Yeah, but, Noel's uh, an awesome dude, man. Guy. We should bring Noel on the show sometime. He and Lori are just fabulous. Yeah, I'll them. get Martina right. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll stop there again. Uh, our thanks to uh, Went McGee and for Martin Palomo. I'm Neil McCready that does it for this 
episode of Mind on My Money presented by Pinnacle Trust. Don't forget it's pintrust.com, P-I-N-N trust.com. Tell uh, the people at Pinnacle Trust that you heard about Pinnacle Trust on this podcast or any of the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts, and you'll get 10% off your first year's fees. Until next week, take care.